This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Hi, Dilly Hodley neighbors. It's a Monday after a weekend of no Bills football, but my, oh my, were there some developments in the AFC conference. Hello, everyone. It is a whole new world. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker <clears throat> with you here on One Bills Live. And before we dive headlong into what has shaped up to be an even more interesting AFC conference race, Steve, there are some uh, personal items you wanted to get to today. Oh, no, go- we can This was a great weekend because, like yesterday, bright sunny day, mm-hmm. no Bills game. Although there were some, you know, some important games you wanted to catch. Saturday was a horrible day, but Sunday, yesterday, so we finally got out. I got the tree, and I usually don't do this, but we have this place we go to. Usually, we go out and we <clears throat> chop it down yourself, right? Tree farm. Which is kind of a Go to a tree farm. Yeah, and- it's a Western New York tradition for yeah. a lot of people. Not everybody is, you know. And we have also, as a backup, we have a big natural-looking fake tree that we only get out in emergency situations like, you know, can't get out, weather's bad. So you, did, right, yeah. got to do it, right? But yesterday was a beautiful day, so we go out. I made the bold move. <clears throat> Usually you go out and you traipse around the countryside. You go to the farm and you got, like, you know, a thousand, two thousand trees to choose from, and you got and you got a saw in your hand with the misses, and or whatever gaggle other, of taskers, right? Or tra- whatever, da- whatever part, of, yeah, whatever part of the clan happens to be tagging <laughs> along with us. So <clears throat> yesterday was just my bride and I, and I've never done this before. No, never done it before. But the place we went had some already cut, standing up. They got them standing up. Right, like, are they pre-wrapped already? Or no, no, they're not pre-wrapped, so you can see what they look like. Yeah, yeah, but they're, they're already cut. That's kind of important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go in, and <laughs> she said something about it, but she she let it go. She goes like, "I don't get a say." Like I saw it. Oh, you just picked it. I saw it. Got, Unilateral decision. Took us, took us literally ten minutes. Uh, that's the one. That no, that's the one right there. I'm not going to waste any there was, time there sawing. Were like, there were like two or other three or three other trees right there within a thirty foot radius. But they, you know, was, that's it. That's the one. We were out of there. Plus, we got a little something other that we're hanging on the front porch. That kind of. Thing. We were yeah, out of there a, in a literally twenty twenty five minutes wow. tops. 
tops. The guy wrapped it for us on top of the truck, tied down, let's go. Back home, it, we were gone. We were out the door, back in the door in an hour. So and much, it was a 20-minute drive so to the place. So for making a day of it. And I absolutely, <laughs> right? I absolutely, so I've never done it before because I just kind of threw, I said, listen, no, hunt. that's it. That's, no, no, that's the one. That's the one. She goes, whatever, let's go to it. No, that's, no, come yeah. on. And she's like, like, I don't get a say. I'm like, well, I, you I, did I, have a say. You had this one or that one. That's the one. <laughs> she's like, ah. I get it. She goes, well, I'm going to go in and see if there's something yeah. inside. I want to. So she did. And I'm telling you, man, that's, it may be the only way to go. Yeah, we. Because have you, you've, had, you've had to have had experiences where you go out there and it's like. Right. <sighs> we, we haven't cut down a tree in a long time. We've gone fakey, fakey. For a long stretch here, well, primarily because um, of pet issues, <laughs> um, <laughs> right? And but we before we had pets, and before we had kids, my wife and I went out to a local tree farm, and we're like, "All right, we'll get there," you know, because we're both trying to meet up and then shoot out there after work. This is when we were working an ungodly amount of hours. Right. So she gets caught at work. I get caught at work. We race home. We hop in one car. We get to the tree farm. Instead of getting there at 5, we get there at about 5.45. We then find out upon arrival, the tree farm closes at 6. That's <laughs> not a bad move, though. So at that point, I look at her. I go, start the clock. Are we doing this? She's like, let's do it. So we are literally, we're like Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music. We're <laughs> right, running through right, the hills. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not the escaping to Switzerland, right. but, you right. know, we're, and I'm running with a saw in my hand, which is probably not the best idea either. Um, you know, and I'm like, we just got to find one, right. one that we like. That's all we got to do. We got 15 right. minutes. We chop it. We get back. You know, it's getting dark. You know, this, you know, and we did, we did find one and, you know, we were able to, carry it back in time but yeah that was the last <laughs> last time yeah, we, we did get, it we're yeah. like why did we just do that to ourselves it's interesting. that was not the least bit enjoyable yeah. we were on the clock yeah, once you go fakey fakey it's hard to go back it is because there's something about just going out whooping that thing out and you know they're all because you can just fluff them up a little bit you yep. know you bend them out and you, it looks great yep fits perfect Presto change. And it, do you have the one where you just plug it in? Lights are already on. No, it. I see. I, I got that. I string it up. Let me tell you something. Yeah, I know. We have a it's second. We have a second smaller tree in our uh, TV room. Uh, and that one is strung up with lights. And right. it's literally three pieces. It unfolds. Yeah, same with the us. Lights are there. Right. It's like a big. And <laughs> plug it in. Done deal. Lucille. It's like, yeah. It's the, like the opposite of the Grinch in this. You yeah. know, just, the fake just tree that we have like an in, the, in the living room that sits in the bay window in the front of the house. You can see it from the street. You know, that whole deal. Right. That was the same tree I had when I was a teenager in my parents' house because they gave, they gave up. They're like, hey, if you want it, you can have it. I was like, oh, I'll take it. And we still use it now. It's crazy. But my right. problem this weekend dealt with my dog, who I know on, on several occasions, I have told you, is a sweetheart, but dumb as a box of rocks. So we came to learn something about our dog this weekend, Friday, I think it was, or Thursday into Friday, because I wasn't home when this happened. I, lay, I leave the house to go to 
uh, New England on Wednesday afternoon. And my wife is not going to get home until about 8 p.m. because of commitments after work. So we solicit some help to, you know, take our dog out right. around 6, let him run around, let yeah. her run around a little bit, get her some dinner. Absolutely. And then my wife will be home an hour and a half later. This was, if you remember, last Wednesday, a super windy oh, yeah. day. Yeah. Now, our dog doesn't like thunderstorms, as most dogs do not. Unbeknownst to us, apparently she doesn't like it when it's windy either and the windows are rattling. So we keep her in a mud room, door closed, and yeah. there's plenty of room for her to romp around and, you know, at least not feel confined in any major way. Plus, it's the warmest room in the house. So my wife comes home and our six panel door that leads to the kitchen is shredded on one side. You would have oh, thought. No. You would have thought <laughs> not somebody took a power tool, not to just it. clawing like <clears throat> you would have thought a beaver had a half an hour with this door. Oh, my God. It was. And here's the best part. My dog is short three teeth. Like we had to get a tooth extracted right after we adopted her because there was an abscess right. and she's missing two other teeth. So even though she's devoid of three pr primary teeth, including a canine. You would have Good thought grief. she was a cousin of the beaver. What are you doing? Because one side of the, one, like the bottom left That's corner of the door was unrecognizable. Like really? no finish left on it. We're about an inch in to the width of the door. Really? Just going that's to town a, that's on That's rough, it. man. You got a putt pet you can't leave, leave alone. Because my wife takes a picture. Now I'm in New England. She said, uh, came home to this. And I was like, oh, geez, that's really bad. So I said, well, you know, when I get home, let me see if I can sand it down, you know, and maybe restain it. And she goes, oh, you're not doing that. I said, well, then the picture is not doing the damage justice right now. So I come home, you know, Friday. And there's wood out Thursday of the night. There's wood out of the door? Is into Friday morning. She had to vacuum up the shavings. Oh, my gosh. And the splinters. <laughs> I don't know how my dog does not have, like, <laughs> splinters in her gums from the damage she did. Yeah. So long story short, the door's got to be replaced. There's no, there isn't a carpenter on this planet that can make it look like a six-panel door again. Yeah. Well, there you so go. So now, now, so now I'm thinking about well, that thing you were thing. telling me, the thunder jacket. Like, <laughs> do I have to get a thunder, thunder jacket, jacket for this dog now to make well, him feel? You, yeah, but you got to know when do you put that thing on. You don't know. You don't. Anytime you, it's windy, you know how often it's windy around right. here. May, anytime you leave the house, though, because it might get windy when you're gone. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. So now I got to get a new door. And I, you know, my, my, I got family coming in a couple of weeks. And so I got to find be, a, yeah. like, get a door, stain oh, a door, gosh. hang yeah, a door. You got to go. Yeah. You'll, there's places you can get them, though. They'll be good. You'll be fine. <sighs> well, you know what? Let me just say this. Ten times easier to just go get a door, slap it on the hinges, and go than it is to go out, take that door off, take it out in the garage, oh, yeah, restain it, and I'm say, oh, forget it. it. No. Even if even if it was possible to save it. Yeah, that's you know what I mean? Happening. Come on, man. All right, so let's get to the AFC conference race now that we've shared our uh, trials and tribulations of the weekend. Who's at the top of the who's at the top of the conference, Brownie? Uh this just in, it's the Buffalo Bills Your at Buffalo 9 and 3 Bills. after they got an untold amount of help yesterday from the likes of the Vikings, the 49ers, and the Bengals. Uh not to mention whoever the heck beat the Titans. It was oh yeah, it was the Eagles. The Eagles. Um 
So the Bills beat the Patriots. That obviously helps them. And then Kansas City falls to Cincinnati. And we'll get more on that game in just a second. Baltimore wins by an eyelash, 10-9 to over Denver, but they lose Lamar Jackson to a knee injury, and we'll get into that also. Jets lose to the Vikings. Let's, let's start with this game, Steve. Okay, It's 27-22 with four minutes left to play. Jets have the ball in Vikings territory, and we know the Vikings' defense is nothing to write home about. They're 31st in the league. Okay, <clears throat> 31st in the league! Mike White marches him down. It's fourth and goal, and they get in to make it 27-22. They get the ball again with like three or four minutes left, and they're in Vikings territory again. They can't get it in the end zone. So there's 153 left, and the Vikings have used all their timeouts and to stop, you know, to stop the clock, fearing right. that they were going to get scored on and would need the time. The Vikings then have an abomination of a series, Steve. Did you watch this game? I did not. I couldn't. I didn't watch it. Steve, there's 153 left, and I realize the Jets had all three of their timeouts. They took 13 seconds off the clock and had to punt again, the Vikings. Let me say. So the, the Jets get a second crack at it with 146 left, no timeouts, and they're right around midfield. And Mike White. Throws a pick on fourth down. They and didn't give him that touchdown right there? They did give him that one. Okay. That's what made it 27-22. All right. And then, you know, Mike White moves them deep into the territory there, but they couldn't score on a fourth and goal. Braxton Berrios drops it in the end zone, can't hold on to it, and then they get the ball back again at the end of the game. Gracious. And Mike White throws a pick over the middle. It ends eerily similar to the way the Bills game ended. Uh, against the Vikings. The Vikings have got a horseshoe tattooed yeah. on them somewhere. On both butt cheeks yeah, right now. Maybe on the yeah, on the yeah, maybe on the inside. But yeah, it's it's unbelievable how lucky they are. <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm just gonna say I, this. I'm not saying it. I, I know it's a tough league, it's hard to win in the Vikings. Their luck is gonna run out. Well, and when all it the runs bad out, luck. they are gonna they are gonna go down like a flaming arrow. Well, their defense isn't good enough to win in the playoffs. So they are be absolutely be the luckiest team in the NFL. They'll be bounced quickly in the playoffs on the NFC side of the ledger, I presume, because their defense just flat out isn't good enough. They're getting takeaways at the exact opportune moments, and oh. I guess they deserve credit for that. But, yes, luck has definitely been on their side. In their defense, luck was not on their side last year when I think they lost six one-score games, including two on a final kick of the game. So it's completely done a 180 for the Vikings, and they have all the luck in the world this year. I am going to say this about Mike White, okay? We talked about him last week after he threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns against a bad Bears defense. He throws for over 300 yards again yesterday. He makes the Jets' offense functional, which is more than you can say about Zach Wilson. Right. Here's the problem, okay? And this is why you can... If you have a good defense, you can successfully defend against Mike White. The man does not have an improvisational bone in his body. Oh, really? His execution is tied directly to the script. If the play unfolds as it should, he can make his reads, he can deliver the ball, and he can make plays for you. As soon as he has to do something off script, or the first or second option is not there, and he's running out of time and the pocket's collapsing, mm -hmm. it is almost disaster-like on every single play. He is 
much like Mac Jones and Jared Goff, who the Bills have played in the last two weeks, he is not a second reaction player. When the initial play is done, all hell's breaking loose. And so if I'm the Bills this week, I am shutting off that first read every single time, and I'm giving my D-line a chance to not even – you don't even have to hit him. You just got to squeeze that pocket down, and he's going to be inconsistent. Now, the Vikings could not do that yesterday for God knows what reason, maybe because they're just not very good. Because um, as I'm looking at it now, they're, they're actually – now they're 18th in sacks per play, so they're not that good. Um, whatever. The point is – after watching Mike White start to finish yesterday, I've come to the conclusion that he is a scripted thrower, rhythm passer, pocket guy for the most part. He can move around a little bit, but no better than Mac Jones. And if he has to improvise, that's when problems surface. Well, that, I mean, that's – yeah, we'll see. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Bills come into this game health-wise. Um Will Deion Dawkins be back on the field? Will uh, Her- uh, Jordan Phillips yeah, be? Yeah, what's his status? What's his status? Because he left He's the game important. late. Some people might not have seen this. They might have gone to bed yeah. already uh, on the <laughs> on the Patriots' last possession. He's chasing Mac Jones, 15 you know, running deep. around. Yeah. He and dives. He dives and tries to cut at his ankles with his arm and lands awkwardly on his shoulder in doing that and was on the field for a while, and they brought him off, and you know he was diagnosed with a shoulder injury. Coach McDermott's supposed to address the media this afternoon after we're off the air, so we'll see if there are any updates on him. Um, but he landed awkwardly, and he laid there for about 10 seconds um, after he fell down because 340 pounds on a shoulder like that, that's not going to feel good. So... It's unfortunate that that happened because that that four-man defensive tackle rotation has been downright menacing the last few games. So Hold on, hold on I'm a professional here. Yeah. Um, and now one guy is dinged, which is a little unfortunate. Uh, so we'll have to see. Like, are they going to have all four guys up this week? If not, you know, what are you doing? Are you turning to C.J. Brewer on the practice squad? Do you have to elevate him to play? So we'll we'll see what happens yeah, I, as we get I into think the Jordan, week. I think Jordan's a really important cog up there. Really important. Yeah, I would agree. And but I think the Bills at sitting here where they're at now, I think they're starting to crescendo. Right. At the end of last season when they won four straight to get in the playoffs, win the division, uh, they were the healthiest and playing the best offensive football of anybody in the league. And and we saw it uh, at the end of last season. They're starting to do that again this year. Certainly, the, they've played one of the top two or three hardest schedules in the National Football League. They've been as injured as any team, if not more so than most teams in the National Football League. And they're 9-3, and, and three, the number one seed, headed into the last five games of the regular season. I almost feel like it's almost too soon to be that good right now, right? Yeah, they're um, getting close It's now. a long stretch, but yeah. I think this is a point of the season where 
this is where they've got a chance to put their foot on the gas and go. These next two games, we talked about it before the New England game, how crucial these games are, these next two in particular. And then they've got Chicago, then Cincinnati, then New England. They got a chance to really shift gears. Now they're they're in a tight race, but man oh man, if they well, get healthy now, in their hands. right? If they get healthy they now, did you, what did you make it to this? You know, you, we're talking about getting to the point where you were like it at the end of the season, where they were a year ago, and all that, and how this team is now crescendoing at the end of you know stretch run. What did you think of the commentary that uh, we heard from the broadcast group? Was it was it? Uh, who was our broadcast? It was uh, Al Michaels, Al Michaels, Herb, Herb Street, Herb Street, where they talked to Josh Allen about Ken Dorsey and how they're getting to a place where they're better and better now. I thought it was pretty interesting how it seemed like Josh and Ken Dorsey as well acknowledged that they had some things to learn about each other as they got deeper into the season, and now they're getting better and better. What do you make of that? I thought it was really uh, I, interesting. I think it's a natural evolution thing because while they know each other intimately, having worked together for the better part of the last three years. They did not work together from a play-calling capacity. And so I think that had to be learned between the two of them because while Ken, through osmosis, may know what Josh likes in terms of play selection based on what he has communicated to Dable and Dorsey in the headsets or in film sessions, Josh probably doesn't know what Dorsey likes when he wants to attack or where he likes to take a shot play. Like we came to understand that if the bills had the ball between the forties, somewhere in that series, Brian Dayball was calling a shot play, right? It was like, mark it down. It's going to happen. There's going to be a shot play here somewhere where they take a shot down the field and inevitably it would happen. I think that's a small example. Like that's how much we knew Dable after four years of calling the plays here. Right. I think it's the same thing between Josh and Dorsey because he says, you know, hey, what do you like here? I like this. But why would you call that? Like, well, I'm calling it because of this and A, B, and C. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Like, that's the feeling out right. that I think the two of them had to have. Yeah. And you can't really have that until you're, you have games to review and go, hey, why did you call that there? Like, what were you thinking yeah, on second Once you eight? get in the driver's seat like Ken Dorsey did at the beginning of this year, you know, at the start, now that you're starting to learn, there are certain things that – change for you when you're actually the guy calling it because there are certain things that get thrown at you information that you see and have to make a decision about that become more important all of a sudden like for instance you're right dayball used to call those shot plays like between the four once a series like i mean clockwork like you're going for it. and i i don't think ken dorsey sees that the same way but it doesn't it doesn't really matter because you can be productive and and hit big plays no matter what the irony of that is he finally called one against new england but it came back on the penalty it was right between the forties, and he called the shot play there. And Josh had Gabe Davis behind him as well, and that ball got and Gabe couldn't pick it up. It went over his head, out of bounds. Could have been a better throw. Could have been, you know, it was there though, right? So they called two of them. One of them hit on a and a meaningless holding call brought it back. You're right. Maybe they're getting to that point more now. And I think one of the things about calling shot plays is that it works best. When you call that play and both of you think it's a good idea. You know what I'm saying? Well, as a play caller, it's, it's your responsibility to call plays that your quarterback likes a lot. Right. It's more now, than just calling plays. That's not going to be every play. Right. But 
you sh- you probably should not call a play that on a scale of one to ten, your quarterback doesn't think is a seven or higher. Right, but it's it's one of those things that call the right play, but call the right play play that your quarterback likes. That's a given. Calling at the right time, yeah, is the is the is the quintessential like yeah, got him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you anticipate a coverage you're going to get from personnel and shifts. Yep, and you say, okay, here it is. Kind of like Dorsey and Allen did in the Detroit game on the last series. Dorsey right. put that play in on Wednesday for that Thursday game. And sure enough, they get that coverage on the last series, and he called With the less play. Less than a minute to go. Yeah, they, I mean, boom, it was, hit it. that was the time to call it, and they executed. Um, yeah, I, I, I get that. I think as we discussed last week on Friday, though, Steve, this is an offense that is also trying to diversify itself on the fly in season. Because for the last three years, yes, the passing game has carried this offense. And there are times where I wonder if Coach McDermott was, and I don't know this, I'm just guessing here, there were times where I wondered if Coach McDermott thought there was too much passing to the point where you know, their, their play calling was a little out of whack. They were still winning football games. And then what happened down the stretch? The last four weeks of the regular season, there was a change. And the Bills were like second or third in the league in rushing over the last month of the season. Yeah. They go into the postseason – and they're virtually unstoppable because people are looking at their last four games going, holy crap, I thought we had to stop Josh Allen. What the hell is this running game here? That's right. And, that's, and I think they're trying to recapture some well, of that now. The reason is because of the perception of your offense by the defenses you're facing. It sets you up for a game like they had in Kansas City last January where they, they're like going, okay, we're, we're not going to let them, you know, we're not going to let them run us like they did last. You know, we're not going to do that. And all of a sudden, it's like, who cares? We're going to kill you with Gabe Davis catching four touchdowns right. and judging. I mean, it really changes the perception that defenses have about your team when all of a sudden you're in this stretch run and you're handing it off and killing people with it. That's well, that, a crusher. Yeah, and that's my point. I think they're trying to diversify their offense in the same way yeah. right now. And it makes just some like sense. they did last year. And, like, perfect example, that that mid-zone run game with James Cook. I mean, that was – that was working like a charm last Thursday. Yeah. Do they go back to that? I don't know if they do, but it's something the Jets are going to have to think about this week. And, and one last note about the Jets-Vikings game. The Jets in the red zone yesterday. One for six. Yeah. One for six. Um, we should get to the rest of these games because it pertains to our Twitter question, Steve. Chiefs-Bengals. I know you watched a good amount of this. Cincinnati, I'm just going to say it. They're going to be a problem for any defense. And a defense like Kansas City's, which does not have a number one quarterback, it's an even bigger problem. The Bengals with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd have the best top three receiver combo in the conference and maybe the league. They are and good. And with a quarterback like Joe Burrow, that's a problem. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, I mean, there's no two ways about it. That trio of receivers with Joe Burrow is a problem for everybody. They are really, really good. And then you've got P. Ryan, who's actually running really hard. Joe Mixon isn't even back yet. Yeah, Joe Mixon is an afterthought. Now, P. Ryan is really making the most of it. They, They outplayed the Chiefs, no question about it. I'll say this, too, about the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, and this was brought to our attention against Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and who's the other one? Uh, Mahomes is one and six in the last two years against those teams. Uh, 
the Chiefs are are not the same team on the road. Nobody is. Uh, the Bills fans would never know that because we never get to play them at home. We always get to play them in Kansas City. That was a game where the Cincinnati Bengals really outplayed them for the entire game. Still struggled to beat them. It was a tight game. Tight game. Uh, Chiefs missed a 55-yarder to go up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Bengals came back, you know, and went ahead. And, yeah, they ran the clock out, and, and Joe Burrow makes a, an incredible throw on third and 12. Or to, they were already ahead. Yeah, yeah, that was to tie. Sorry. But, yeah, but it would have been to tie. Butker usually makes those. I mean, yes, he does. I don't blame Andy Reid for trying to take that because he's this got throw, a big leg and he usually Even so, makes the it. Bengals would have been in, in position to take the field goal right, a sh- very short field goal right there to win the game in the fourth quarter with that throw that Burroughs made. Is, that is maybe the most diverse offense in football, which is why it is so hard to defend. They are really good. Because you have premium talent at the top three receiver positions. You have a premium talent in mixing and running back. Um, now, and the defense, the I think, is a little underrated. Here's the problem with the Bengals. They are, they're really good. But right now, they're like, with the exception of Joe Mixon, but P. Ryan's there, they're 100% healthy. That's a pro- if they start dropping guys out, that really hurts them. They yeah, do not have the depth this. to overcome it. And I'll say this, too. They were 5-4 and four at one point. Yeah. Now, they're 8-4 and four on a three-game winning streak, and they are smoking hot. They have won six of their last seven and they won three of their last four games without Chase or Mixon in the lineup. Yeah. Think about that. Well, so, that's true. The, but three of their last four were against a struggling Pittsburgh team, fair. Carolina Panthers team, fair. and the Tennessee Titans, who gave them a real game. But, you know, the Titans now yeah. are being exposed. So, but that's going to be a, a gigundo it. game you on Monday it. night in Week 17. Yes, it is. Bills at Cincinnati. Home field may be on the line. Could be. Um, Dolphins 49ers, Steve, before we go to break here. This was a game I watched from start to finish. I actually watched more of this game than Cincinnati-Kansas City. And Tua was off Sunday. I'm just going to say it. I don't know if it was because he didn't have his two starting offensive tackles who were out with injury, but he was sailing passes the whole game. The highest-rated quarterback in the league completed 18 to 33 passes. He had two long touchdowns, um, one to Sherfield, one to Tyreek Hill on a blown coverage, but not much else. And look, yes, they were playing the league's best defense, but Tua looked rattled in that game as the 49ers beat them with their third-string quarterback, Brock Purdy, who was the last pick in the draft this Mr. past Irrelevant. spring. And he threw for 250 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Um, All right, but here's the thing. I get it. Miami was on a five-game winning streak right after a three-game losing streak where they lost to the Bengals, who we already said is a pretty good football team. They lost to the Jets, big. And then they lost to Minnesota, who also who doesn't have a really good defense. But then they beat a struggling Steelers team. They beat a Detroit team that's struggling, the Chicago Bears who are struggling, the Cleveland Browns who are struggling with Jacoby Brissett, and then they beat the Houston Texans. Okay, we all sit here and, and we all kind of make – with Josh Allen and the Tua conversation, we were all have fun with – but they did – they did not actually go on a five-game winning streak against a murderer's row of a, of a schedule. The Buffalo Bills have played the, one of the hardest schedules in that league – the teams that the Bills have beaten or have played against have 
like 54 wins on the season. Yeah. They're, it was a tough, tough road. And the Bills have been as, as injured as any team in the league. I'm just – the Dolphins' defense is going to kill them in the playoffs. They are a shell of their former selves. Bradley Chubb is largely unimpressive. I realize he was going against an all-pro tackle in Trent Williams yesterday, but he was, almost, he was like a non-factor. I didn't even notice him yesterday. The Bills have got – the Bills the, – the, the teams that the Bills have beaten – have 78 wins on the season. 78. Yeah. Um, that's and it's only going to continue. Far, by far the most of anybody in the conference except for Pittsburgh, you know, who, you know, have a only 434 winning percentage. So, you yeah. know, they're struggling. But the Bills have by far the most difficult strength of schedule wins. Uh in the league, in the, and certainly in the conference. The Bills have gone through a, a really rough schedule of teams that have won a lot of games, yeah. injured as much as any team in the league, if not more than most teams in the league, and they're at the number, they have the number one seed. So take a little heart in that. Now, there's, nothing's getting given to you. You've got to go out and play, particularly in these last five games that are all important. But man, oh, man, the Bills are a little bit more battle-hardened than the Jets, than the Dolphins, yep. uh, and any of the teams in the division. So speaking of that conference race, we're asking you as our Twitter question today, do you feel differently about the Bills having the top seed at the end of the season than you did on Friday? Have your, have your predictive fortunes for the Bills changed after what took place over the weekend compared to what you were thinking on Friday after their win over the Patriots? You can let us know at 803-0551-888-550-2550 or on the tweet sheet at One Bills Live. We'll take your phone calls next along with your tweets, and we got to get to some quarterback injury news around the league as well. We'll do that when we return here on One Bills Live. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of 
four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 